Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandi Van Ormer. And I'm here today again with Patty Marbury of Finance Outreach and Compliance. Hi, Brandy. It's Friday. It's Friday. I don't know if it's Friday when you're listening to this. Oh, but, that's true. But we give you our Friday blessings nonetheless. <laughs> and you can probably tell from all our, our giddiness today that we're happy it's Friday. We yeah. love, yeah. And Lisa Harris is here. That's the voice well, you're hearing. It's, a, it, yeah. it's also been a short week this week. Yes. yes. It's yes. Memorial Day. But sometimes yes. the shorter weeks. Shorter weeks are still longer. longer. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on task. Yeah. So. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, you may remember Lisa Harris from um, her visit when we talked about bridging the generation gap. If you haven't caught that pod, I will link it in the show notes because it's a great one. Um, But we wrangled Lisa, who is a senior learning and development consultant with UVA's talent development area, to come back with us today because she has many areas of expertise. And the other that we... too kind. Yeah. (laughs) And and she looks fabulous. And um, so... (laughs) And sounds. Yeah. Yeah. We're a mutual appreciation society. I feel like I should be walking down with an award. (laughs) Thank you. But she, we were, I'm in the, the current cohort of our... UVA Finance Manager Development Program, and uh, Lisa was speaking at our last session about resilience. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Patty and I were across the room texting one another, ooh, we should have Lisa come on and talk about <laughs> resilience. So I'm so blessed. Here we are. Here we are today. And this is another one of those topics that I think people might say, oh, they're going to talk about... Um, like a, it's like when we talk about trust or when we talk about yeah, yeah. Um, emotional intelligence. It sounds like kind of a fuzzy topic, but it's very much a practical topic with some steps that you can take to increase it. And it's good to do that because it's so very important. Yes. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a good place to start. Yes. Um, you need people to focus on. Yeah. What do we talk about when we talk about resilience and why is it so important? Well, I think one of the first reasons that it's so important is I always, I I, I love to look at definitions. And so I went to look up the definition of resilience and I wrote it down just because I wanted to make sure I quoted it exactly. It says the capability of a strained body to recover its size shape after deformation caused by compressive stress. Ooh, wow. And then the short version of, of, of that is um, being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and maladjusted and having to figure out how to come back. But I thought that definition, and I'll say it again, capability of a strained body to recover its size and shape after deformation caused by compressed Compressive stress. So, are you Jello or are you Play-Doh? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was thinking, do we have to recover? Our size <laughs> Could we become a better size? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but it's really interesting because if you 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 think about it, it's like, how do you recover? from those things that have happened in your life or in your career that have taken you out of your comfort zone. So that's that, you know, deformation and come back a stronger, better, and if nothing else, maybe just a little more um, comfortable with yourself Mm -hmm. and a little more comfortable with the the situation you're in because you figure out how to use that situation um, for your betterment and the betterment of your team versus having that situation Mm -hmm. take over you. And when you were reading that definition, former English major Brandy is thinking <laughs> like extending the metaphor like 
that you know with the jello that mm-hmm. you bounce back a little yes. bit more that you're not brittle that mm-hmm. you don't break that you can come back stronger and ready to go again absolutely mm-hmm. and just to be fun because you mentioned jello if someone throws some fruit into your, <laughs> your jello and you got all these little moments that you're you use them so you end up looking like something somebody still wants to participate in versus them not being you know, not looking as pretty or not being as useful. I don't know why the whole colorful jello fruit thing came to mind when you mentioned jello, but those are those things that happen to us. We get things yeah. thrown in mm-hmm. and added to us that are not the things we plan. We plan right. for clear jello and just this shape, and all of a sudden now we have these extra yeah. things that we have to contend with. Yeah. Patty, Patty's jello shots. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No fruit in my jello. <laughs> Just straight alcohol. Um, we should do a podcast with Jello shots. <laughs> oh no, I was as you were talking. I was laughing in my mind about us. This is not the first time we've talked about Jello in our podcast. It is not. <laughs> oh yeah, the theme now. I think when we were talking about change in Edcard, there's yeah. some Jello metaphor and pushing that. a block of Jello. Oh right, pushing a block of Jello. Yeah, it's like pushing a block of Jello. The Jello was not as desirable. In that no, case. no. But okay, so. All this said about resilience, um, it struck me when you were introducing this topic to the manager development cohort, Lisa, that you said, I think that you said this one, and I rewrote it down for today, about stress being uh, like a, identified as a health epi- epidemic. Yes. yes. Yeah, the Rural Health uh, Organization noted that um, stress is the epidemic, the global epidemic for the 21st century. Wow. And it is noted that because we as People are overconnected, um, too much time in work, not enough time in play. Uh, we have highly demanding jobs. People are burning out. Mm-hmm. Didn't um, I just see in the news just this week that burnout is now a diagnosable condition? Absolutely. I saw yes. that too. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. It is not a small problem. And as we've said so many times in this podcast, because actually the podcast started because we were undergoing a huge change with here within finance, but um, changes everywhere and in UVA, in academia, in the world. (laughs) Um, It's a very, um, it's a world of constant change and if you can't adapt um, with stress being so influential on your overall health, um, not being able to adapt is a potentially killer problem. Absolutely. You know, people may um, be diagnosed with diseases or ailments that are really based on the fact that that situation came as a result of stress. Mm-hmm. Your high blood pressure, whatever it may be, and it really means that as coworkers, team members, or leaders, we really need to look at how our team is working, what's starting to impact our team, to have more conversations around how we're getting our work done um, and how effectively we should be getting our work done and how do you find balance to actually do it. Um, the other thing that's being impacted is we have higher levels of depression, mm-hmm. higher levels of anxiety. Um, I love the stat, it said that uh, 82.6% of emotional um, health cases have been reported over the last year globally um, by employee assistance programs. They're wow. tracking wow. the level of depression, anxiety, and stress, and it's at 82.6%, whether you're in Africa or China, Japan, or in the US, um, it literally is just that high. And so it really needs to be addressed on a personal level as well as in teams and groups. Well, because yeah. on a personal level, not that you have to quantify everything and say, like, this is the the toll in a larger sense, cause, because it's enough that it's affecting us that way personally, but when you look at the toll that burnout and stress and anxiety takes on a workplace mm-hmm. in terms of things like 
productivity oh, and yeah. Costs. Costs. yeah there are yeah. there are actual costs Absolutely. here too so yes. Yes. If you're my practical people out there in the audience going, yeah, well, feelings and whatever, you soldier right. on. But, I mean, it really does have, right. it takes a toll right. in yeah. a way that affects everybody. Because right. yeah. if you think about having someone on your team not show up to work or they're anxious and or they're depressed, to your point, mm-hmm. if I was once working at 100%, I'm probably not getting that same amount of work yeah. done. And I'm also impacting other people because I'm slowing down the right. work. So there Which is then, a Then it becomes like a snowball effect because then the other people people become burned out and then stress and anxiety and all that stuff. And and I think about at UVA and in any other um, organization that has that high ideal kind of right. yes. vibe um, where we're, we want to be um, more creative thinkers. We want to put things together in new ways to better do the job we're yeah. supposed to do. And you're not going to be your best creative, curious, energetic self. Mm-hmm. You're not going to come up with those wonderful new connections absolutely. if you're absolutely dead on your feet right. so yeah absolutely. Um, so okay so when we talk about resilience we talked about you know bouncing back um, I just like to delve into that a little bit further and talk about what that looks like when you're a resilient person one of the things that's really important when you think about resilience um, and when we were in your class we did this exercise which it, which it, which was to tell your story Right. Right. So part of it was to tell your story. And in that telling of your story, you talked about how you overcome challenges. How did you deal with adversity? How did you maybe push past the status quo? And something real small when you think about you need something tangible is think about how we use our time together, meetings or otherwise. How do you tell the story to say how you overcame that challenge? Mm -hmm. And that just that it was a challenge. But what are the words that are empowering you that make you feel good about? I overcame this challenge because I was positive or optimistic. I um, looked at my relationship differently because I was better engaged or I became a better listener. So it's like one of those first places is tell the story about what's causing some of that stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. or go back and tell an old story so that you can remember the tools you use to get past a past experience that you can now apply to a current situation uh-huh. so the telling the story is really important yeah mm-hmm. absolutely what are the things so we're talking about the workplace yes how do we how have we all gotten here I guess is what I'm asking yes. like how what is it about our workplace and lives today that is making resilience such a challenge I think the interesting thing about that is that, again, we all feel the stress and the pressure to be 150%, which is not realistic. Um, The expectations are greater. Again, we're we're not disconnecting. People are on their phones and on their emails. There's a lack of boundaries. That's what I was going to say. That's what it is. is. We don't have boundaries. And I think the other thing is we need leaders and team members to be really clear about what those boundaries are. And oftentimes it's very much not. And I think about, we haven't mentioned Kelly yet. (laughs) Patty and I joke that we never don't mention our boss, Kelly. Um, But Kelly tends to be a night owl and sends Mm -hmm. emails and does work in the evenings. Mm -hmm. She was very clear, and I really appreciated this when I began in my position. She said, I do that. I will send things. You are under no obligation to even look at it. Yeah. And I thought that was so helpful because... Even though she might not ever expect a team member to look at that, right. with her continuing to do it and not yes. saying, please don't worry about it, right. I'm just doing it yeah. while I can, um, we might easily get the impression that she means yeah. for us to do something Absolutely. about it. And, and, and I think people need to recognize that. Yes. And so if you are a boss that 
tends to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, be clear yes. that you're not expecting something, right? Unless you, or if you are expecting something, right. be clear about that too. Yes. I mean, there are times that, of course, you have to yeah. right. respond to things, but um, yeah, I feel like that's that. I had that same experience with Kelly too, as I, far as. You know, having an email exchange and her saying, "What are you doing up at yeah? <laughs> what are you doing up at midnight?" But um, anyway, so yeah, because I think that that um, to support what both of you said, um, we we look at what makes an effective leader and these things around great team building, mm-hmm. and it's understand your values as a team, a collective team, and mm-hmm. then what are your norms, and what's acceptable behavior. And what is not acceptable in right. terms of how you're going to function with each other. So if I'm, Mark did the same thing. He got to put his kids down and then he'd get on the computer somewhere at 11 o'clock. And if you're a, a night owl, I happen to be one, I can respond back to you at 11 o'clock. But nobody's expecting anybody to actually right. do that. So I think you, we need to really be clear. So communication to me is a critical part right. of resilience yeah. because I need to tell you who I am. Mm-hmm. I need to tell you how I manage adversity and stress. Because um, I may be a person who says, I don't manage stress really well. And you need to know that as a team member mm-hmm. to help me get through those stressful times. And so the more we communicate as a team about what we do well and where our challenges are and we understand what our boundaries are, it helps reduce some of that anxiety. Mm-hmm. And thinking about how, you know, you would traditionally expect that one reason that we're so highly stressed are things like constant change, mm-hmm. excessive workload, yes, you know, things that maybe you can't have any control over. Absolutely. But what you just said about communication, even in those instances, being clear that, hey, okay, you may not realize this, but I've got all these other things yeah. mm-hmm. to do, and now you're yes. asking me for this, so help me prioritize, and you know yes. that kind of thing. Um, communication, absolutely, is a key. The other thing I would add that I think is really important, and I think this one um, really requires us to be comfortable with ourselves, is our sense of courage. Because I have to have courage to say to my leader or other team members, where I'm at, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what I'm struggling with, and what I need help with. And we tend to be people who don't necessarily always want to ask for help. No, and we assume that everyone else is fine. Right. (laughs) They're probably not. Right. (laughs) And so it takes courage to be the person who's like, I need help. Or can you come look at this for me? So we need to figure out what's the language that allows us to be courageous in our ability to be more resilient. So since we're already creeping into this territory, um, we were chatting a little bit beforehand before we hit the record button about (laughs) there's the personal cultivation of resilience and then how we cultivate resilience on our teams. So since we're already kind of creeping into things like communication, being courageous, um, and how we can personally be a little more resilient yes. and take control of this a little bit more. Let's delve more deeply okay. into that and talk about the cultivation of resilience there on that personal level because there's some fascinating parts to how you can do that. Yes, yes. One of the things I think is really important for a person who's trying to be resilient is um, the question is, um, do you see failure or challenges as uh, forever or for t- as temporary? And really, if you're going to be resilient, you have to look at it as temporary mm-hmm. and a lesson learned. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, so what can I take from whatever this situation is, put it in my hip pocket, and keep moving? And then how do I actually um, share it? Uh, I think another one is your own attitude. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you... I, 
people always say, well, I'm not a smiler and I'm not happy all the time. It's not about necessarily just being happy. It's just like being positive. What am I looking for mm -hmm. that I can take from this that is going to be positive? And it can be a personal lesson learned or it could be something related to the team. Mm -hmm. But you have to find whatever it is to be grateful for and to be positive about in the situation. We should have had the payroll team come in here. <laughs> there, if there's ever, like, I think about a team that operated under duress when we underwent the workday switchover. Uh -huh. um, and payroll had to make sure everybody got paid. Example. God bless them. Bless you, payroll, if you're listening. Um, but that team stayed positive and, you yeah. know, through, through difficult circumstances. But, I mean, when I think about um, those types of things that you're talking about, personal um, resilience, cultivation, the, the self-care type mm -hmm. thing comes into play, too. And that's really difficult for people yeah. to devote the, enough time to themselves that they have then enough to give. Yes. We all want to contribute, and we don't want to fall down on the job or let people down. Yes. You can't do that if you have no inner res resources to draw Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And we're not good, especially as women, I think, yes. <laughs> not good mm -hmm. at, at keeping those resources put yeah, re replenished. I wanted to add something about that. You know, looking for the, for staying the positive mm -hmm. and adjusting attitude and all mm -hmm. that stuff. So as you were talking, I started thinking about this um, acronym I saw or this saying that I saw on Facebook the other day. I was reading. Um, my daughter goes to Virginia Tech, and I was reading um, about a lot of the parents were really upset about their their perception and maybe reality that Virginia Tech uh, over-enrolled students and okay. were giving, and more students um, accepted admission than wow. they expected. And so now they have a housing too large of a class. Housing. And yes. housing and all yes. other oh. kinds of things, yeah. as you can imagine. Yeah. And, so, um, and so a lot of the parents were complaining and, and all that. And this one parent posted that he had been in the Army for 20 years. Um, and he said they have an, a saying in the army called hunt, hunt the good stuff. Ah, and so like it. <laughs> it's about looking for the positive things. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he said was, your child is going to a great school. Sorry, yes. UVA people. Yeah. But um, <laughs> your, that your child is going to... Virginia uh, has lots of great schools. That's yeah. right. That's um, right. But that they're... So start thinking about the positive things. Yes. Your kid was accepted into a great school. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that tech was doing was offering kids free community college if they deferred wow transferring to Virginia Tech and okay. so and they and so this person who was saying hunt the good stuff was like look at their innovative creative ways they're thinking about trying to support your kids you know and you don't have to accept any of that right. you can just accept your admission and go on but think about all the positives that are a part of that mm -hmm. And so, I while we're sitting here, I have my computer open, and so I, I thought, is Hunt the Good Stuff an actual thing that the military says? And so I, I typed it into Google, Dr. Google, um, <laughs> and the, the thing that popped up was the three easiest resiliency skills from military.com. Ah, I like what? it. And so like it. I thought that was pretty cool. cool. But it's just a, a thing to think about when you're thinking about, um, we talked about it uh, when we did our podcast on... Um, switch the book oh, yeah. about finding the bright spots. Yes, so it's very it's, much, you know, look for the good things. Yes. Um, I know it sounds kind of cheesy or whatever, but yeah, I like it. There's I like usually it something good in in whatever you're 
dealing with. It sounds trite, but it's true. Yeah. Yes. And one of the other things, and I, I love this analogy with the military, is you know figure out how to make things happen for yourself um, in ambiguity. So how do you deal with ambiguity? And so and then how do you keep things moving? And it's funny, I just watched a podcast from a guy who was um, going through the process of becoming a Marine, and his answer was called Embrace the Suck. <laughs> and lean into it. it you know, and I thought, I like so, that too. You're right. Yeah. So I literally wrote yeah. Embrace the Suck and it's all around my house, right? So I remind, but the same concept yeah. as the gentleman you mentioned, he was like, hey, there are times when the things just suck. And if you can embrace it and move through it and learn something about yourself and your own sense of resiliency and then learn some other things, you'll get through it and come out on the other side. Because not everything is going to go the way we'd like it to go. But if you just embrace it, you'll discover something about yourself and maybe about other people you would have never learned if you didn't embrace the suck. And this man had to go through the the title. Embrace the suck. (laughs) (laughs) That will get me to listen. That's really good. And again, I think these are things that people, you can blow off a little bit, but so I always, um, I always think of personal examples as we talk about these things and just a case in small. I discovered yesterday that my week next week was going to have a lot of volunteer commitment that I was not expecting. Okay. I'm gonna have to be at the. I'm gonna have to be the stagehand at my daughter's ballet, <laughs> and I was not expecting that. And um, I was really feeling put upon by that, and not looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Time is very valuable, and um, I'm not. I don't have a very flexible schedule. Not because I'm that important, but just because two kids and mm-hmm. yes. um, a, a husband that has a, a demanding job, and we don't have family in the area. So, okay. like getting all the bases covered is difficult, but. I had really tried yesterday to kind of, without thinking about those terms, embrace the suck and be like, you're just going to have to go and you'll enjoy those kids and it'll be fine and you'll get through it and yes. delight. You'll, it'll be done before you know it. Yes. I would like to share a story. It's kind of from my past, but um, I worked for Ford for a number of years and um I had nine relocations under my belt, so I'm always moving every two to three years. Um, a zillion new supervisors, new roles. And One I, would think you had flexibility and resilience, like, down. Down, right? <laughs> Adjusting to new bosses all the time, and then they would change several times. But I came uh, in contact with uh, a, a particular boss who I thought was interesting. In his first introduction to us, he said, I want you all to know my goal is to have you all help me get promoted. And I thought, well, at least he was honest, right? Um, But he literally caused our entire region of 35 people to have such high levels of stress and anxiety because, of course, people also wanted to get promoted. So it's like, what are people going out of their way to do? Mm -hmm. Um, And this is his whole focus. It doesn't mean you really care about us. And I, um, our team was ranked 14 out of 19. And by the nature of my personality, I'm an easygoing person. I don't like being last. Uh And so it was... He's like, Lisa, if you help us go from 14 to first place, you're going to have all the promotions and the dreams that you can ever possibly imagine. Do you know what it's like to go from 14 to first place and have that as anxiety on you? Because it's not an easy thing Mm -hmm. to do. And so it just became one of these things, what, what is it that I can do to help myself in the midst of all of this stress? And then what is it that I can do to help my team? Because that is a monumental, mm-hmm. somewhat ambiguous thing when you have 26 objectives to manage. Right. It wasn't just like, hey, do this. It was 26 objectives right. to get us to move. 
And um, interesting enough, it was, first of all, put take a deep breath and think, what is it that you have control over? Right. Mm-hmm. And what are the things you don't have control over? Mm-hmm. What are you willing to give to other people to properly delegate some of that responsibility? Mm-hmm. Um, and can we be really clear about what our real goals are? actually are so because some things we may be striving for they may not be realistic Mm -hmm. Uh, 26 objectives some of that stuff was not realistic and it wasn't even going to move us in terms of the numbers Mm -hmm. so we really had to sit down all of us and take a deep breath and say Mm -hmm. how are we leading individually what do we need to do to take care of ourselves and I was the worst offender because I tell people go home and have a life but I'd still be in the office to eight nine ten o'clock at night and so finally it was like if you're going to do this you have to role model better behavior Mm -hmm. and you have to figure out how to take care of yourself so your team will think it's okay to take care of exactly because right. that was what I was thinking is they may have the first um, time or two thought okay this is what we're gonna do we're right. gonna go home and take some time but then they knew you were there absolutely and yeah it was cognitive <laughs> dissonance yes yeah. yes yes um, and I think and the like that compassion that you can have for yourself and that you can have for others yes. too is a helpful thing yeah. we've talked about emotional intelligence before but understanding that um, the that things that stress you aren't being done to you usually aren't being done to you with you in mind to stress you. Right. Have a sense of perspective on why this is happening, why people might be passing that stress on to you. Um, what's causing this whole situation that's stressing you out and how that really isn't anything that was designed with you in mind. Absolutely. It's not personal. Yeah. It's not personal. Yeah. Yeah. So I have found that to be helpful too, that um, you will have to get through these things. And honestly, I think back to some of the most stressful times at work, while I would not willingly sign on for them and say, yeah, that was great. Let's do that again. Those are the places where if you allow it, you can develop really nice interactions and friendships with yes. your coworkers and connect over having gone through something difficult to one with, with with one another. I agree. You you made me think of something else we talked about in the class, which was to take charge of your inner critic and your inner warrior. And yesterday, you and I had a moment because you were kind enough to tell me you liked my glasses. And I made a comment uh, how much I loved them, and I also got them because I was kind of concerned about the little bags under my eyes. And do you remember what you said to me? I don't know. You actually said to me, see, we are sometimes our own worst critic. Oh, we are. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And it made me remember that, that that was something we talked about in class as well, because sometimes the reason we're struggling is because of the conversations we're having with ourselves. Very right, good. Right? Yeah. And we're yeah. judging ourselves, and we're passing, we're making statements that leave us kind of stuck in ambiguity versus clarity, and it's all the things we don't need to say. So we really need to control the conversations that we're having so we don't end up in, in the situation that you just mentioned. It's mm-hmm. not personal. It's not directed at you. It's just change, evolution, and growth. And it's going to happen whether you're at UVA or you're at FedEx or you're at um, Harvard or wherever. Change is going to happen. You still have to figure out how to make it work for you. Yeah. Your plans will get interrupted. Yes. You'll have to go to the ballet three nights. Yeah. Um, that might but, be the other title for this. Life Interrupted. Yeah, Life Interrupted. And, you know, at that basic level, too, as we've talked about self-care and keeping your inner resources filled, you always hear people talk about practice mindfulness, mm-hmm. think about your physical well-being. Those really are great ways yes. to keep yourself resilient and well. Mm-hmm. When you are tired and cranky and... Yep. Sore, yes. <laughs> you are not your best. Yes. 
you know, when you have been hunched over your computer for eight hours, not moving, focused on that one project, and you've not gotten up to take a breath of fresh air, to stretch, to get a drink of water. Absolutely. I mean, those are real basic examples, but we tend to torture ourselves Mm -hmm. and not take care of our physical bodies, too. Right. The other thing um, on the topic for the World Health Organization is the fact that we as humans do not get proper rest. We don't sleep enough. People who think they only need four hours, oh, no, that's all I need. The truth is, according to studies... I mean, to maintain life, maybe, but... Right. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily good life. Right. Yes. <laughs> right, but not to age faster than you need to or to go into depression. Yeah. You need six to eight hours of rest, and really they say seven to eight. So when you're talking about self-care, it's like, how much rest do you get? What time do you go to bed? What time do mm-hmm. you get up? Do you exercise? Are you practicing mindfulness? Um, have you gone and taken a FEEP class to help you with yeah. some of this? Because, you know, FEEP is there available to all of you. We were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Use the services of mindfulness from FEEP. Have them come in and go to see them personally or come in. But we need to get rest on top of it. We need to get rest. And I think about, you know, here in UVA Finance in particular, we've experimented with a lot of nice wellness things. Um, we've had... Um, some meditation, some chair massages. We just finished up with a month of um, Wednesday noon yoga. Oh, I love it. And I did the Wednesday (laughs) noon yoga. I've done yoga in the past and loved it. And I thought, yeah, well, I'll give that a try. And I went the first time and it's very gentle. And it was, um, it was so lovely though, that by the time we got done, the tension in between my shoulder blades that I gather hunched over my computer was gone, that pain and discomfort. And I was like, this is great, I'm gonna come every time. But every time in May that it came time for that class, I was so close every single time to saying, I don't have time for that today, I could really Mm -hmm. use that hour, I could get this other thing done. Um, But I remembered how great and rested and rejuvenated I felt after that first one. And we, I've always been bad at that, and I, I assume that a lot of us are. That yes. if those self care things, the going to bed early, the taking a walk, or whatever it is that makes you feel better, those are the things that are on the chopping block first. Yeah, yeah. and that's not right or healthy. Yeah. I think it goes back to your emotional intelligence point, too, because in emotional intelligence, the first one is Mm self-awareness. And so how self-aware are we? Because we tend, I think, to just run and just to go, but we don't necessarily slow down long enough and say, here are all the things I need to get done, like going to the, the, the recital. And what things can I eliminate? So we don't do a good job of eliminating things either. So how do I, I need that self-awareness to better take care of myself. What will actually happen if I don't clean the downstairs bathroom? There you go. Right. Always coming in. Yeah. (laughs) But I also was thinking as you all were talking about these different things is that um, we talk a lot about mindfulness and wellness activities and yoga and stuff like that. And my my thing is do find the thing that works yes, for you. you. Yes, I it agree. may not be meditation, That's right. or it may not be yoga. It may or, be sitting on your back deck and having a glass of wine. Right. Absolutely. I, yeah. So find the things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have some Jello shots. <laughs> Go to bed. Um, <laughs> but find the thing that works for you and that helps you rejuvenate. Um, whatever that may be. Yes. Yes. So. Yes. So we've talked about resilience on that personal level, and we're, we're coming up on a half hour here, and I'm thinking about now 
how you translate that into your teams at work. Mm-hmm. Um, most people listen to the pod, wherever, whether you're at UVA or um, not, mm-hmm. you're working on a team. And um, if you're, whether you're the manager or you're just trying to help your colleagues function mm-hmm. better, you know, try to set an example, um, how can we build resilience at work? And when we were, when I was making some notes about this, I was thinking, Patty, I'm looking at you especially, because we talk so much about culture mm-hmm. at work, and we, Patty and I work on the culture crew here at UVA <laughs> Finance, and like how you embed that into mm. a culture and really develop That's that. That's a question. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's chat about that in our last bit here. Well, I think one thing is um, for managers to really know their people mm-hmm. on their teams, they're, to understand really what what's what are their stressors and what are their things that help them get rejuvenated and those kinds of things just kind of getting an understanding of the people on your team yes that would be one thing for for managers and teams to think about yeah Uh, I I would also say find ways to reduce some of the unnecessary obstacles that people have to face Mm -hmm. Um, because we we're really good at adding things we're not necessarily good at deleting or eliminating things so we can find ways to to prioritize it or to move it around and reduce that, I think that would help tremendously. Yeah, we talked about that in the Switch podcast yes. as well. Lots we, of themes developing. Removing <laughs> barriers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, making change easier for people by helping with the environment that they're working in. Yeah. Probably the other one I think is really important is the one that says develop a sense of purpose and belonging. Because there's something to be said, even when I was talking about the bridging the generations gap, the one thing that is true, and I think is true for probably maybe many people who come in to share with you guys, is we all want to feel like we belong and we fit. We want to feel like we're a member of the team and the family. And so that sense of really having Mm -hmm. a belonging here makes going through stress and difficulty and challenges a lot easier if I feel like I belong here Mm -hmm. and I'm valued and respected. Yes, you've got some found, when you have a foundation under you and you feel somewhat comfortable and embraced where you are, it's less stressful when, for instance, you're doing, there's like restructuring or, um, you know, any great big change that might really be unsettling. Mm -hmm. If you know, basically y'all got each other's backs and and we're a team. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking of is, is um, we talked about this a little bit in the pre-talk, <laughs> pre-podcast, <laughs> but... Um, we should record those and do Yeah, outtakes. sometimes we should just record that, and we can always just not do that. Um, but where we were talking about a colleague yeah. and how... Um, UVA has been a really great place to allow that person to thrive Absolutely. in their strengths. Yes. And so I think we should, and hopefully we'll, we'll do maybe a podcast or two or three or four on working within your strengths yes. and, and really being able to do that. Because if you're a person who is um, motivated by what you do and you do it well, mm-hmm. then that in it, in itself is building resilience yes. because mm-hmm. you're enjoying your work, yes. you want to be here, yeah. you're not feeling as stressed. Yeah. Um, and so really both employees and managers can look to see what their strengths are and kind of work And then I, I love that. Yeah. And I think like even like digging a, a level lower than that, just basic structure at work, mm. like that you know that good 
good work is valued and recognized Absolutely. and that yes. everyone's treated fairly. Yes. I feel like having that as a, a base layer along with that team connection, mm-hmm. that helps you deal mm-hmm. with stuff because you know, there's a difference between running up against a major project deadline and knowing that if things happen outside of your control, that there'll be some understanding Absolutely. versus that your head will be on the chopping block. Yes. <laughs> it's a different scenario. Yes, yes, yes. I think the other thing um, is to help people moderate their stress is, again, I think going back to a little bit what you were saying, Pat, what does moderate stress really mean for you? Like, do you need to get up and walk? Do you need breath of fresh air? And then how can you do some of these things as a team? Yeah. Because we we're doing a lot of work now on team building. So what do you do as a team that is fun, that reinforces what you do? Just yeah, said? do you just need to stop and laugh? Yes. Visit with somebody. Right. Yeah. Yes. Get up, go do lunch together, right? And use lunch and try not to have lunch be a continuation of the conversation that uh. caused you stress. Go laugh at some TV program mm-hmm. or some event. Find a way to go to a, a, a game together if there's possibility to do it. But whatever you could do, find other ways to build that connection mm-hmm. so that you reduce that level of stress and increase that level of connectivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Too. Um, another thing that I was thinking about is allowing flexibility um, just simply in like allowing people, if, if possible, I know not all jobs are, but... Um, Telecommuting, yes. as needed, yes. oh, that's or a great one. Mm-hmm. And um, just alternative work hours, th- yes. things like that, that allow people mm-hmm. to perhaps they have a need um, that they need to take care of at mm-hmm. home, and just knowing and understanding that yes. not everything yes. can be done outside of the nine to five, five yes. days a week. Oh, and so, oh just, shout out to UVA yes. Finance and UVA in general on that because I've yeah. never had that, and I have had so many in past lives hyperventilating moments where wow. you know you're your child is sick you need to run and do something Mm -hmm. but knowing that you know you can pick that up later you know do a little work tonight at home yes etc etc and so just understanding the the how much that decreases stress for people absolutely and actually in in a an even more powerful way to me what it also says about UVA's brand is it becomes a place people want to work here Mm -hmm. because they know that that's kind of part of what it means to be a team member that you're going to value and respect family and difference and considering people on our sandwich and you have all this going on what a wonderful place to work that values that and you know what when I'm valued and when I feel secure and have a good foundation yes there is so much above and beyond I am willing to do yes and I strive for those breakthrough awesome connections and creative solutions and all that stuff and that's what you could hope for right is Mm -hmm. that you you don't have the unnecessary friction that stress can create to weigh you down from doing your best Mm -hmm. for something that you believe in absolutely and it really can weigh you down so I'm glad we talked about this today I think it's a really important topic and something that we tend to take as a matter of course yes. that mm-hmm. and it is of course we're not saying you're going to eliminate stress from your life mm-hmm. um, we're not even saying you know you need to achieve some kind of zen or whatever <laughs> we're just talking about some practical ways for yourself and for your teams to deal with these things that are going to be a part of your experience and have a better experience 
for having recognized mm -hmm. that. Can I add one more thing? I will. You will. Yes. I think the other way is I think that the work the two of you are doing with the podcast Aww. is phenomenal work. And so every once in a while to actually turn on a podcast, yep. to have it help you relax and learn and get perspective, this is why you do the podcast. Mm -hmm. So yeah. take a little more time to invest in listening to the podcast yeah. and figure out how you could use that when you go to lunch to talk to each other or what you can learn from it to share that's personal to you because education is another form of helping you build resilience. And so I think your podcasts are off. Awesome spaces and places for people to help build their resilience. Aww. So that's my my plug. Because I think you all do great work. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> we always come into, especially the podcast that it's just a conversation with Patty and I. Yes. We come in a lot of times going, Meh, I don't know if I'm ready to do this, but it ends up being a very refreshing See. thing. It's a very great experience, and and that's another thing to think about in terms of your your self-care and your world at work, mm -hmm. there are things that are particular to you yeah. that refresh you, that make you feel ready again. Mm -hmm. And whether that's a nap or reading a book mm -hmm. that's not about a work topic mm -hmm. <laughs> or whatever, you know, going and getting a manicure or um, taking a walk or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, those are really, really useful things and they're not indulgences, yes. they're ne necessary. Yeah. So, Lisa, yes. thank you for coming thank again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate thank it. I always love being with you guys. We thank will you. definitely have Listen you Listen to again. all of their podcast people. Yeah, Do there's it. only like 40 of them. Get on it. Um, <laughs> and thank you for joining us today thank for you. Finance Matters. Um, listeners, you can read more about what we're up to on the UVA Finance blog at uvafinance.blogspot.com. If you have an idea for a guest or a topic, holler at Patty or myself or you can tweet us at UVA underscore finance. That's all for now. Until next time, do good work and take care of yourself because what you're doing matters.